Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined by Dave Somerville. How are you, Dave? I'm very, very well, thank you, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And, of course, by Jake McGee. Jake, my friend, how are you doing? Oh, fully recovered. My sleep schedule, slightly back on track. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it was on Tuesday. I was still flagging on Tuesday. What's going on? That's his old age keeping up with me. That's what that is. Uh, but yes, we had our Super Bowl party. It was mm. rather enjoyable. Uh, we had some good food. Um, maybe a little too much to drink. It was one cracker of a game. That is one of the most enjoyable Super Bowls from a neutral point of view that I've seen in a long time. Overtime, uh, you know, great defensive plays, great offensive plays, uh, a little bit of controversy now and again. And, I mean, what more can you ask for in a Super Bowl? Jake, just get your thoughts. Before we actually talk about the game, just get your thoughts on this. Um, it, I mean, it was it was just a great game, wasn't it? Absolutely, and that's all I really wanted. And I, and I kind of said in the lead-up, I just wanted a good game because I went in completely neutral. Didn't really matter to me you know heads or tails who won just a good clean game like I say a few talking points but mm-hmm. yeah no complaints at all from my end and uh, dave uh you know just watching to i mean you have to say that the two best teams in the nfl going at it in the super bowl went right down to the wire at the end there and it was uh it was quite the finish there i don't think we could have wished for any more in terms of entertaining in terms of you know, uh, going for it and things like that. So, uh, I mean, it, it was a great, it was just a great game, great night. So thoroughly enjoyed myself as well with the results. And who would have thought that that game would come down to a missed extra point earlier mm. on? Uh, well, we all did because we said, oh, that might pop up later. And indeed it did. Uh, which the, the reason the game went into overtime is because of a missed extra point by Jake Moody. Sorry, Jake for the jakes there um but you know really, we had really let us down on a big stage but we had the two count them one two longest field goals in nf in super bowl history in in one game um uh, it was it was absolutely just just a great game uh we are going to talk about it so I'll jump right in with the box score uh, from the game. Uh, obviously, again, you know, we've all seen it. It's no spoilers for anyone. The Kansas City Chiefs won this one 25-22 in overtime. The game was held at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas in front of 61,629 fans. Uh, Lord knows how much they paid for those tickets. Uh, I saw, did see some of the ticket prices the morning of the game. They were talking they were going for and they were just ridiculous. Some some of the ticket prices, you were like, oh my word. Uh, take out City Mortgages just for that. Um, the scoring went as such. Uh, no scoring in the first quarter. It started with the second quarter with 14.48. Jake Moody hit, uh, as the aforementioned, the longest field goal in Super Bowl history, 55 yards, put San Francisco up 3 to nothing. Christian McCaffrey then caught a 21-yard pass from Juwan Jennings. Yep, from Juwan Jennings mm. to make it 10 nothing San Francisco. Harrison Butker then uh, kicked a 28-yard field goal, which is seconds left in the first half, to make it 10-3 at half time. In the third quarter, the Chiefs went along um, 
uh, drive and Harrison Butker kicked a 57-yard field goal to make that the longest field goal in Super Bowl history. Uh, with them with 2.28 to go in the third, uh, MVS got a 16-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes to make it 13-10 Kansas City. Juwan Jennings then caught a 10-yard pass from Brock Purdy with 11.22 to go in the fourth to make it 16-13. And then it was field goal, field goal. Harrison Butker from 24 yards, Jake Moody from 53, Harrison Butker from 29 with three seconds to go to send it into overtime. In overtime, the 49ers took the ball first, drove down the field and settled for a 27-yard field goal by Jake Moody. And then the ball was handed over to Kansas City, who drove all the way down the field and Nicole Hardman caught a three-yard winning touchdown pass with just three seconds to go in the first period of overtime. Of course, because it was the winning score, that was it. And... 25-22 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Just look at the box score here. Brock Purdy, 23 of 38, 255 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked once in this game. Um, Juwan Jennings caught uh, four passes for 42 yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey caught eight for 80 and a touchdown. Three for 49 for Brandon Ayuk. McCaffrey was the leading rusher as well with 22 carries for 80 yards. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes, 34 of 46, 333 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked three times in this game. He was also the Chiefs' leading rusher with 66 yards off nine attempts, although Isaiah Pacheco uh, chucked in for 59 from 18 attempts. And the leading receiver, no surprises really, was Travis Kelsey, who had nine catches and 10 targets for 93 yards, although the aforementioned Michael Hardman had 57 and a touchdown on three catches, and MVS had 20 yards on three catches and his touchdown as well. Um, I don't really know what we can say about this game. Everyone's already seen it. Everyone's been talking about it all week. But, Jake, I'm going to throw it over to you because, uh, well, because I don't really want Dave to talk about this, uh, is the fact that Brock Purdy played really well in this game. The 49ers defense played really well in this game. A couple of mistakes. Missed extra point. There was a, a fumble by McCaffrey. There was the, the punt, which wasn't really a muffed punt. Uh, we, we all thought it was the time, but as we saw it, did come off the, the blocker's leg and then Ray McLeod tried to get it while we were screaming at him, what are you doing? That That just seemed to be... Those three plays just seem to absolutely be the dagger for the 49ers, but they can hold it heads up high. They played really well in this game. No, absolutely, but it is a kicker when, no, no pun intended, uh, when you kind of shoot yourself in the foot <laughs> in the end, and there was two really big kind of turning points for me, and it was the, the aforementioned muffed punt, if you like. Um, I would like to highlight that the two 49ers players uh, involved in the punt were 28 and 3. Uh, nice little, <laughs> little <laughs> celebration for me. Um, and then once Dre Greenlaw went down off the field, off the, not not on, uh, on the play, he was on the, the sideline celebrating. Um, I straight away I said Achilles, and sure enough it was. Well, his replacement, um, Oren Burks, I would say, uh, was targeted nine times. Allowed nine catches. Uh, there was a touchdown against him. 134.7 passer rating when targeted. And a 32.1 PFF coverage ga- uh, grade. Um, so you can really see kind of cerebral uh, Pat Mahomes in terms of 
attacking the backup, basically. Attacking where there's a weakness because the 49ers' defense is so good, even with the injuries they had. But just showing the difference from Dre Greenlaw going down and you know, Oren Burks coming in. And the first half, I think Travis Kelsey had one reception for one yard. Mm-hmm. And then second half absolutely exploded and that is the difference you know a good team will find the weak point and attack it and that's what the Chiefs did but yeah for the 49ers they certainly can hold their head um, held high there's you know a lot of conversation about the overtime rules and players apparently not knowing the overtime rules which is very concerning when you've got two weeks to prepare for the biggest game of your career and you don't apparently know overtime rules that have been in place for like three years Slightly concerned with that point, but overall, I don't think it particularly mattered. Pat Mahomes was not going to be denied, and you know, third, fourth quarter, you're thinking, oh, who's going to be the MVP? You know, could it be John Jennings? Could it be Christian McCaffrey? Who's it going to be on the uh, the Chiefs? You know, could it be Patrick Mahomes? Could it be you know maybe McDuffie? There's you know a few players it could have been. Uh, that final drive was like, okay, there's only one MVP. Yeah, yeah. Pr- prior to prior to overtime, uh, we were looking at it, and I think. We, we were all talking about it, obviously, Dave, and we said, you know, if the 49ers win this game, you're looking at, it could be John Jennings who gets mm-hmm. who gets MVP. I mean, he threw a touchdown pass, he caught a touchdown pass, he had a couple of really big catches in this game. Christian McCaffrey becomes the first player ever to rush for 80 and catch 80 in the Super Bowl, so he had a, he had a good shout. Um, the 49ers' defense were swarming over Kansas City, particularly early on, the first couple of drives. Kansas said he could get nothing going, while San Francisco seemed to be moving the ball at will. And as Jake mentioned, that injury to Dre Greenlaw really seemed to something flipped there, and and it really seemed to affect them quite badly. There was quite a few injuries in the game actually, um, because I remember was it not that long after I think Creed Humphreys went down the center for the uh, Chiefs. Um, but yeah, look, uh, you know, uh, going into going into overtime. Uh, the the 49ers might have slightly made a mess. Uh, I don't. We've obviously heard they didn't know the rules, or the majority of them didn't know the rules, uh, which was a big one. But that, I mean, I'm, I've been thoroughly enjoying the memes online uh, in terms of that. Like, for example, yesterday was Valentine's Day, obviously, 14th of February. Uh, and I saw the perfect one for all 49er fans out there. So I'm just going to read it to you. The Niners are red. Debo is blue. They lost the Super Bowl. Learn the overtime rules. So there you go. There's a po- there's poetry. Doesn't even rhyme. of the highest. That you know what? The rules I, I does not rhyme with blue. Blue rule. Yeah, I mean, uh, I look maybe not in in the uh, our accent, but uh, you know, I, I I still think that's a beautiful way uh, to bring in Valentine's <laughs> Day. Um, it's it's beautiful um but Je- look from my point of view jennings was a shoo-in if the 49ers won Je- jennings was going to be mvp you can make a massive case for christian mccaffrey it was going to be between them two but the way Je- jennings played amazing he was there he was wide receiver number one obviously mccaffrey got the most yards um quite a, quite a few check downs uh or short throws to mccaffrey fair enough but uh you know, Jennings was a threat the entire game. And because they were so closely marking Brandon Ayuk and Debo, who also got an injury, I think was his hamstring? Or yeah, he seemed to be put, grabbing his hamstring in a couple of times. Yeah. I, think, I think it was one of the drop passes where you're like, he can't run. He shouldn't be out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we, we were saying it the whole time. You know, get, get out there, get Jennings there, or you know, you've also got Ray Ray McLeod, um, Chris Connolly as well uh, was was uh, receiving as well. But uh, Jennings, I mean, he was four for forty two through the air and the touchdown, and he was one of one for twenty one yards touchdown. Obviously, one hundred fifty eight point three rating. Um, but yeah, look, it's. The the Chiefs won. That it wasn't the fact that the Fortnite's went out. They they got field goal, which you know points were quite a rarity uh, looking at the match in general. So they forced the Chiefs to go out and win it, and they did. So you know, and uh, of course, McCall Hardman returning. Uh, I did he not return at the end of the year? Uh, basically for the Super Bowl for us up the playoff run. So there you go. Uh, it's it's um poetry like my poem, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit more of a sweet ending for the Chiefs. Well, the other thing is that, as, as you say, everyone's talking about, you know, that Fortnite players not knowing the overtime rules or, or, or whatever it is. Um, I would have done the same as Kyle Shanahan. And I, I've heard people saying, no, you always defer so that you know what you need to do in the drive. If they score a field goal, you know you need a field goal. If they score a touchdown, you know you need, so you can go from fourth down every single time. I get that. But that 49ers defense had been out there the entire fourth quarter, including the last mm-hmm. seven and a half minutes of it. And then you get a 30-second break. You want to give Mahomes the ball back. The Chiefs would immediately have gone down and scored a touchdown. And even if the 49ers had then gone down and scored a touchdown, Mahomes just needs a field goal. It's sudden death. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think Shanahan did the right thing in in kicking the ball in uh, taking the ball. Give your defense a breather. I think that they really did the right thing. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on that. But I think his defense was absolutely gassed at the end of the fourth quarter. And then immediately, right, you're getting back out there for another 15 play drive. I don't think they would have had any chance of stopping the the Chiefs if the Kansas City got the ball back. Um, now, we, we we mentioned we mentioned the turnovers there. Um, we mentioned the McCaffrey fumble. We mentioned the mm-hmm. muffed punt that wasn't actually a muff. Patrick Mahomes threw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen no. him throw, where yep. he overthrew, and I I thought he underthrew someone. And then I think looking back at it, he overthrew Kelsey by about five yards in the air. It like sailed it in, over in his head. Two. He, yeah, yeah, it was two receivers. appallingly bad. But that's the only yeah. mistake Mahomes made in that entire game. Given what the 49ers defense were throwing at him, I thought he played exceptionally well. Um, same goes for Purdy. I thought the, the Chiefs pass rush was mighty against Purdy. He stood in there, took a few big hits played really really well in that game and i'm just i'm just glad that it was uh an exciting game I'm glad it was a close game jake did you not mention that the the previous whatever it was four cbs super bowls had all been utter blowouts was that right yeah yeah the last three had all not even been competitive so it was that they would have been as relieved as anybody that they you know when they went to overtime they joked about it being your know, second game and didn't sign up for this but secretly they must have been like oh my god thank god, thank god. <laughs> uh it, it was it was just a great game i i hope that people who watched uh the nfl for the uh, super bowl for the first time maybe possibly even the game at all for the first time enjoyed it 
because uh, as we know, it's it's a great advert internationally for the Super Bowl. It became the most watched event in American television history since the moon landings. That's how many people watched the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. in America. And I don't have the figures, but um, it was a lot. You know, it was was quite a few folk at the delis tuned into the Super Bowl. Absolutely huge. And now the question, of course, becomes, Chiefs have won two in a row. They have the chance now to go for the what they call the three-peat. I think Roger Craig coined that term. I think it was Roger Craig. Three-peat, three in a row. What do the Kansas City Chiefs have to do to go three in a row? Dave, I'll put it to you first, just right off the top of your head. What do they need mm. to do to secure a third consecutive Lombardi trophy? Because Andy Reid says he's coming back. Mm-hmm. And Travis Kelsey says he's coming back. So we know that. Uh, which is what we said. We said if they win, they are coming back. They're going for three. But what do they need to do? Uh, make sure that they've got some rock-solid contracts for the defense, for sure. Um, maybe think about giving uh, Spags uh, a longer deal than, you know, if, if it is true what they do with the coordinators, that it's only one year, one year. Uh, I, I think Spagnoli has been so important for them this year, like ridiculously important, uh, because we we know how the offense has not been playing great for the majority of the season, but the defense has stepped up almost every single time. So uh, they need to give a lot of their key pieces good contracts. Uh, Sneed being one, I, th- I still think he was very very good. Um, I think he had one. I think it was Jennings touchdown um, where he kind of missed the tackle, but I think it was more. Jennings forced him to miss the tackle rather than, you know, incompetency by Sneed. Um, and probably draft, if they don't draft one, uh, draft like a, a defensive back, maybe to cover one of the positions they can't re-sign, then draft a top wide receiver. That that's I think that would really help them out because they've got Rashi Rice, who's come on at the end of the season. Valdez Scantling, I think they should bin. Um, McCall Hardman, I mean... Yeah, they probably resign for one more year. But um, apart from that, they need some help for Mahomes. Mahomes can't throw it to the guys that aren't catching it, like we've said all season. So, yeah, some help for the, in the catching game and secure some of the players that are already there. Uh, now, Jake, Dave mentioned possibly drafting a wide receiver there, but there's a guy in your division who's an unrestricted free agent by the name of Mike Evans over in Tampa. If you're the GM of the Chiefs, are you saying to Patrick Mahomes, listen, we know that you're such a great quarterback and you know that we want to win three in a row and you want to win three in a row. So for this one year, restructure the contract. We we can pay you a hundred million next year. But for this one year, take two million quid so we can go out and get Mike Evans and re-sign Chris Jones and re-sign Snead and re-sign all these other players, do you think that's something that, uh, well, I'm not saying you think they'll do that, but uh, that's what I would do if I was the GM of the Chiefs. Jake, what do you reckon? Well, Mahomes already come out and said basically he would do that in terms of take a kind of a a Brady-esque approach in terms of uh, his contract, um, restructuring it and not in the way that you would expect. 
As for drafting uh, a wide receiver, Rasheed Rice has the most receiving yards by a rookie on a Super Bowl winning team in NFL history. So they they may not have great depth at wide receiver, but they certainly have a future star with Rasheed Rice and certainly getting kind of underlooked, I think, by, by everybody. Uh, it wasn't even close. Torrey Holt had 788 on the 99 Rams. Rasheed Rice had 938, 150 more. So he's, he's way out in the lead. Uh, easy to forget he's just a rookie. In terms of what the Chiefs have to do to three-peat, they have to do what no one else has ever done. I mean, the kind of past results of teams going for a three-peat is not, uh, not a pretty picture. The Packers in 68 didn't reach the playoffs. The 74 Dolphins lost in the divisional round. The 76 Steelers lost in the AFC title. The 80 Steelers going for it again, no playoffs. The 49ers lost the NFC title. Mm. The 94 Cowboys lost the NFC title. The 99 Broncos didn't reach the playoffs. And the 2005 Patriots, the last team to win two in a row, lost in the divisional round. So they are really going to have to book the trend. And you know, They've already signed Spags to a, to a new contract. Keeping Jones and, and Sneed certainly going to be a, a huge priority. But you would hope, you know, similar to... Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, if he's staying for a year and you know he's going for the three peak, going for the legacy, you know, a lot of these big stars should take kind of a hometown discount. And it'll be interesting to see if if Sneed or, or Chris Jones did that. And I think uh, Chris Jones during the parade uh, drunkenly said, you know, like, I'm coming back, you know, nothing's coming back. And his agent was like, cut him off right now. Like, he's hurting Garbach. Uh, he's, he's, he maybe won't come back, uh, depending on the price. So, some of these players kind of have to make the tough decision of do you go for more money? Uh, you know, there'll be a team out there that will pay you, mm-hmm. or do you try and be part of history? And you know, Mike Evans and players like that in free agency—that's certainly probably going to play uh, play a part. You know, if someone offers you fifteen million to go on a mediocre team, maybe get the playoffs, and the chief offers you thirteen million, surely you, you know, logic says, you know what, I'll take slightly less money. I could be part of history, and you know, no one could ever. Take it away from you. No one's going to remember Brock Osweiler in in fifty years. No one's going to say, "I remember when Brock Osweiler uh, left a historic defense for two extra million. What an idiot!" Uh, but people will remember. I remember when Mike Evans had a you know final stage of his career, went to the Chiefs and, and was part of the three P. You know, you want to be on the right side of history. Absolutely. Now you you brought up the nineteen ninety Fort ers and the ninety four Cowboys. That nineteen ninety Fort ers were one play away from making it back to the Super Bowl. And in my opinion, they would have absolutely crushed the Bills in 1990. They would have three-peated. And the Cowboys, the 94 Cowboys, ran into the 94 49ers, uh, which was an absolute machine. Um, And if they had gone to the Super Bowl against the San Diego Chargers, that's who they were at the time, San Diego Chargers, they would have Mm. obliterated them. Those Cowboys would have three-peated if they'd got there. But they didn't. Um, You mentioned, like, Travis Kelsey and and Patrick Mahomes. I mean... I, you know my feelings on players who try and get an extra million here and an extra million there. And you're thinking, why? And going to a team like, oh, well, you know, I could go to the, let's say, for like I'm saying, it's, it's the Chiefs. I could go to the Chiefs and get, let's say it's Mike Evans, and they'll offer me 10 million for the year. Or I could go to Arizona and get 15 million. Well, you could good for you you get an extra five million dollars that's all you're getting you've got literally zero chance of getting a ring 
and it, it just the mind boggles and of course we're just using mike evans as an example here it's a lot an awful lot of free agent wide receivers coming up and i think the kansas city chiefs receiver room would be greatly increased let's not forget over in cincinnati tyler boyd is a free agent this year and mm -hmm. so is t higgins now you tell me either of those guys wouldn't improve the chiefs receivers room on the other side of that on the flip side of that the chiefs had tyree kill they traded okay. tyree kill and they won back-to-back -back super bowls so what do i know you know, they had arguably the best receiver in the entire league. They traded him away, and after they traded him, they win back-to-back -back Super Bowls. So maybe they don't need a great wide receiver, but I still think if they're going to win a third Super Bowl, I'm in absolute agreement with both of you. I think they need someone, someone like a little bit more dependable um, that you can rely on to catch the balls. I, I already saw... Now, for our listeners at home, um, Dave sent me a, a, a link to uh, a Fanatics sh uh, shirts, uh, NFL apparel. They had a great discount on Broncos tops because, of course, they do. Broncos suck. I get it. Okay. So I, without thinking, got myself a Cortland Sutton top because I love Cortland Sutton and you know I do. And then, of course, it was just like two days ago I saw, oh, Sean Payton's talking about <laughs> possibly trying. Oh, trading away mm -hmm. a top wide receiver and i was like you cannot trade away court get rid of jerry judy absolutely throw him away pay someone 20 quid to take him no issues with that if they get rid of sutton i would just die and if he went to the chiefs i would die even more that would just that would be a, a nail in, in my own coffin here um dave the 49ers i know you don't like to talk about them you're not your favorite team but we do have to talk about them they fired their defensive coordinator after this mm. game. Now, Interesting one. Yeah. Um, I have literally no idea why. Because it's not like the 49ers defense didn't play well in this game. They held the Chiefs to under 20 points in regulation with their, arguably their best linebacker out for the majority of the game. They mm -hmm. shut down this offense with the exception of that, you know, that final drive in the fourth quarter and, uh, of course, in overtime. By which point, as I already said, they were absolutely knackered. <sighs> what do you think is going on in San Francisco? I personally think the defensive coordinator is being made a little bit of a scapegoat firing the defensive coordinator. Uh, don't get me wrong. This loss was not down to the offense. It wasn't down to Kyle Shanahan. It wasn't down to the play calling. It was a couple, as we've already said, three plays cost them this game three plays but mm -hmm. firing the defensive coordinator especially after the year this defense has had what do you make of that i 100 percent agree with you that he's been made a scapegoat um the only things that people were kind of pointing out is that there was a serious disconnect between the defensive line and the rest of the defense um because quite often you had uh, i think was there not a timeout very early in the third quarter when there was the defensive line were all set up ready to go, the defensive backs didn't have a clue what to do, and there was about a ten there's nearly a ten yard gap between the defensive line and Fred Warner and the rest of the kind of defensive backs. Um so they're saying that the at key times there was a lot of disc um disconnect and also uh some 
dodgy play calls. Uh, that that's kind of what the thinking is. But I, I, I don't, I don't know what Cal Shanahan hopes to achieve because I don't think that is the answer to, you know, falling ever so slightly short of the Super Bowl. It's 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 just not because, um, you know, we've we've seen it in years gone by. Especially with, with like winning formulas, you've got defense that was the most feared in the NFC for sure, uh, and then he's the the person who was in charge of them and who was leading them this year has been fired after losing an overtime in the Super Bowl. Yeah, make lo- that make sense. Losing, it's just ridiculous. An overtime game to Kansas City. It's not like you lost an overtime yeah. game to Carolina. No offense, Carolina. But this was Kansas City in the Super Bowl. This is Patrick Mahomes who played in that final fourth quarter and in the overtime Mahomes looked absolutely deadly in that. I don't think any defense was stopping him in that final drive in overtime. Right. I, yeah. He was just, you know, Jake, you mentioned it. Patrick Mahomes is so cerebral at this game that when there's a weakness, he's going to exploit If he sees the tiniest crack, he's going to exploit it. That's exactly what he did. What do you make of the, the Niners fighting the defensive coordinator? I don't love it. I don't love it at all. I think the last time a defensive coordinator was let go after a, a Super Bowl was the Falcons with Kyle Shanahan. So no sort of bit of a pattern. Maybe there's no, no accountability being like, well, it wasn't my fault. So it must well, be someone's got to take the blame, and the, the Falcons are they... all Shanahan's fault. I'm just saying, <laughs> like yeah. that was a run the ball. What are you doing? <laughs> but anyway, sorry, Jake, carry on. Yeah, I mean, we noticed this year. Um, so the, the Eagles, even though they started off well, crumbled at the end. Started the, the season with two completely new uh, coordinators. It did not work out. They're doing the exact same this year, but they've gone with a bit more experience. Well, the 49ers didn't just lose Steve Wilkes; they've lost their defensive coordinator. Uh, they've lost their assistant head coach and running back coach, Anthony Lynn. He's moved to the Commanders. They've lost the pass game coordinator, Clint Kubiak, to the Saints. They lost the assistant offensive line coach, James Craig, to the Raiders. They lost the assistant defensive line coach, Daryl Tapp, to the Commanders. So, you know, we've talked about you know, players re-signing, and both the, the Chiefs and the 49ers have quite a lot of players coming to the end of their contract, so will they re-sign Waltonink? But losing coordinators and so much staff is a big turnover as well, and it doesn't always work. I mean, it tends to be, you know, the last few years, the 49ers, the Rams, the Eagles, you know, the Chiefs, these teams that have done so well and kind of have a good image, they lose a lot of coordinators, and and they have to kind of rebound quickly. I mean, you saw the 49ers' defensive coordinator was basically an automatic head coaching job. I mean, Robert Sala... Then there's D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. So then Steve Wilkes, all of a sudden being relieved of his duties whilst having a top five defense, is strange. I can see him certainly getting a job. Maybe not this year, given kind of the situation and how late in you know how late in the yeah. kind of off season we already are in terms of coaching, which really sucks for Steve Wilkes. You know, if he was going to be relieved, <laughs> doing it after the Super Bowl isn't great for him because most of the other kind of job opportunities have already been swallowed up. So it's a kind of a double blow for him. It's not only, okay, you're basically firing me after we got to a Super Bowl and I had a good year. You've also left me pretty much with no job openings. Yeah, and the thing is that the, the timing of it really sucks because obviously you know you get to the Super Bowl, your defense plays exceptionally well. People are going to be headhunting. As you mentioned, Clint Kubiak, boom, he's gone. You're losing coordinators left, right, and center. I don't think this is the time to be 
oh, well, we might as well just start from scratch and clear everything. Well, why? You, the defense, the defense was really good. As Dave said, this was the best defense in the NFC. I don't think it was even close. You could argue at, at times they were the best in the entire NFL. They were crushing teams, absolutely crushing them. Let's not forget that, uh, you know, they they dismantled that Dallas offense, which was averaging 30 points a game. They, they crushed them. And, and you, you're saying, well, I think we should get rid of the defensive coordinator. And because they do it like three days after the Super Bowl, it sounds like you're blaming him for the Super Bowl loss. That's what it mm. looks like. It's really bad timing. I could understand if six weeks from now he gets headhunted. I get that. I, I absolutely get that. But to to fire him? What do you think? You think they want Mike Vrabel, defensive coordinator? Bill Belichick as defensive coordinator? Good Lord, no. Because who will, well, why, why, why would you fire him? Surely the only reason you're fighting this guy is if you think, well, we can get somebody better. Either that or there was, um, sorry to interrupt you, Dave. Either that or there was a major bust up in the building. Maybe That's exactly where I was going. Yeah, Yeah, maybe he's like... Has he fallen out with Shanahan? Maybe he blamed Shanahan. Now, you can't blame Shanahan for this loss. You can totally blame him for the the 28-3 game. I was all on Shanahan. This game was not on Mike Shanahan. But maybe the defensive coordinator was saying, well, if you'd done this, that, 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 and that, we'd have won this game. And he's like, hey, don't talk to me like that. Boom, you're fired. Well, it definitely definitely wasn't on Mike Shanahan. It might have been on Kyle Shanahan. Oh, sorry. Did, uh, I, did but, I say Mike? Uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. <laughs> beg your pardon. <laughs> Just, you know, it's not it's not, not cronyism, was it? Nepotism. That's the one. Yeah, so, yeah, good, good luck with that. But um, just to, uh, well, on the... Um, the Chiefs situation. I was having a quick look there to see what wide receivers are available um, for Kansas City in the uh, un, the unrestricted free agent market. One that r- very much so stuck out as, as well was OBD, OBJ, Odell Beckham. Now That's because he think always sticks out for you, Dave. You played half a season for your team. And you just think he's a And how did that go? And how did that go? That went he got very, injured. very well. There you go. That's In the Super went. Bowl, yeah. yeah, after getting us to the Super Bowel and we yeah. saw it out. Well, Aaron Donald took us over line. But anyways, you're, you're the just... only person <laughs> on planet Earth who considers Odell Beckham Jr. to be a Ram. Are you the only person? You're the only one. Probably. Probably the only person that can turn a, a question about the 49ers into the Chiefs side of OBJ <laughs> and then bring it to the Rams. Uh, look, uh, uh, all I was going to say, there was a, a couple <laughs> names that stuck out. OBJ was one. Also, Curtis Samuel of the Commanders. I nearly said it's the, mm-hmm. their old name there. Um, DJ Shark, as well as available from Carolina. Obviously, he didn't have the best season, but he had no help whatsoever. Um, but you've got, I think, is it Kendrick Bourne? Kendrick Bourne of the Patriots? I think it could be. No, well. uh, I think he's wide receiver two there uh, this season. Yeah, well, that, that, that's very true. But uh, if you want to go, uh, go for like Calvin Ridley, or the one that I'm very surprised about, Noah Brown from the Texans, would you be? Would you? Well, I mean, I, I think that would be pretty good. He had a very good year. Well, I I, I, um, I get that, but as I say, there's, there's guys like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Mike Evans who I would take over any of those guys. 
Mike mm. Thomas. Mike, is, uh, oh, is Mike Thomas a free agent this year? I don't mm. think he's a free agent, but uh, I don't think he's going to be a saint somehow with uh, all his... Uh, I, don't I think that bridge has been burned. So. And I think DeAndre Hopkins is up again. Was that not a one-year deal he signed to the Titans? I think it might have been two. Oh, oh, was it two years? Was I, sorry, two. I, I thought it was one I think year. it was two. But, but regardless, there's a ton of receivers out there. Oh, yeah. There's a ton yeah. of and receivers. And quarterbacks. And quarterbacks, if they fancy, uh, you know, getting rid of Purdy, that'd be, I, I wouldn't say no to that. We're talking about the Chiefs, Dave. Either. Purdy. <laughs> I mean, Mahomes. Well, Mahomes needs a backup. Maybe Ryan Tannehill can finally fulfill, fulfill his destiny of being a backup to someone much better. Jake, do you see what I was talking to you about before Dave came on here? About the this, this thing about Purdy. That mm-hmm. it's just so. Here's the thing, Dave. Um, I was talking to you and McPhail today, Ugh. and um, my, my my nemesis. Are you are you sure Buck Party's not your nemesis? Very difficult to decide. I, I mean, it's it's but, it's it's kind of crap on one side, rubbish on one side, rubbish on the other. Is whatever you want. But he but he said something to me today uh, because we were talking about Mitch Trubisky got a Mitch Trubisky's been released by the Steelers. Yes, he has. Uh, who's mm. another guy that you just seem to hate for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but here's the thing. If you switched parties and Trubisky's um, draft positions, <laughs> both of these would look like great picks. True. Absolutely uh, true. For very if different Bro- reasons, if Brock Party Bar- got drafted second overall in the same year that Patrick Mahomes was there, Takes his team to a Super Bowl, narrowly loses out. You're like, oh, wow, it's a shame. Still a great quarterback. And if Trubisky had been drafted, Mr. Irrelevant, made a Pro Bowl, took his team to the playoffs, bounces about the league a couple of times, you'd still be like, that's the best Mr. Relevant pick of all time. And the point is, it does, it's not the player's fault where they get drafted. The hatred for Trubisky, because he was drafted second overall, is not Trubisky's fault. It's Chicago's fault. I still don't understand the hatred for Party. I don't know why he gets any of the grief he does. If he'd been undrafted, he wouldn't be getting this. You don't hear people saying, oh, Kurt Warner. Oh, what? Kurt Warner, he was undrafted. He's rubbish. Stick to bagging groceries, Kurt. Gag back into the <laughs> supermarket, Kurt. What are you doing? There's probably some trolleys need sorting out. You never, ever hear anyone ever say that about Kurt Warner. Shopping cart, Kurt. But they say it about Brock Party because he was the last guy taken. I don't know why. I don't know why. It, it makes no zero sense to me. So stop talking about Brock Party. I might need to bleep that out. <laughs> and uh, the point I uh, just because I had this uh, down and I didn't know how it was ever going to come up, but it, it works here. So the 49ers have had two seventh round picks between 2019 and 2022. They only had two. They've used them pretty well. Brock Purdy, as we know, Mr. Irrelevant. The other one, Johan Jennings. So, you know, most people don't want seventh-round picks. They trade them for yeah. random things. Sometimes they t- trade players with them to be like, well, we have the player and a seventh-round pick. That's how little we want this player. Uh, don't give them to the 49ers. They'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. and all, That would be free agent, Johan Jennings. Is he a free agent this year as well? Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. his contract is up. Yeah. Now, nope, that's uh, another interesting Talking about trades, um, as we know that s- certain trades happen 
And what always gets brought up with the 49ers is, of course, the Trail Lance trade, which mm-hmm. has lost a bit of its luster because of the success of Brock Purdy. People don't seem to remember what a terrible trade that was for the San Francisco 49ers trading up for Trey Lance. It was absolutely appalling. Now, Dave, we know that that's a, that was a bad trade, but it's not the worst trade. And people talk about the Russell Wilson trade. It's not the worst trade as far as productivity goes because he's a starter. Obviously, Trey Lance not a starter, so you can't base it on productivity. Basing on productivity, the worst trade, in my opinion, is, of course, the Deshaun Watson trade for Cleveland. Yes. And wouldn't you know, NBCSports.com today, I'm going to read this, uh, not verbatim because it's quite long, but I'm going to give you the cliff notes. This was uh, posted by NBC Sports today. Mm. Um, obviously, as we know, three years ago, uh, Browns quarterback Sean Watson faced an avalanche of lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions. Most of the cases were settled, but in one of the lingering cases, because not all the cases have been settled, Watson may have to testify yet again. Absent a settlement or a dismissal, the remaining claims against Watson will go to trial at some point. And although he has been suspended 11 games by the NFL, the league has not completely ruled out the possibility of further punishment, given evidence that could emerge in remaining cases and or eventual verdicts. This Deshaun Watson thing just won't go away. It's three years and it won't go away. $238 fully guaranteed Cleveland. What were you thinking now dave got bonus random stat for you here i'm saying dave because i've already told jake bonus random stat for you Oh, okay since deshaun watson signed for the cleveland browns keep in mind 238 million dollars fully guaranteed he's played in 12 games Mm. he has a 59.8 percent completion 2217 yards 14 touchdowns nine interceptions for a rating of 81.7 for 238 million dollars and a bunch of draft picks this has got to be the worst trade of all time it's just ridiculous the browns knew what they were getting themselves in for they took the risk it absolutely did not work out and this whole sordid affair which is sean watson just will not go away it's absolutely ridiculous it is it's it's it is absolutely ridiculous but uh it it i i think uh it's the main uh source of proof of what we all know that the nfl's priorities are are wrong and we saw this or we, we spoke about this at the beginning of the season we're still talking about it at the end of the season uh i'm pretty sure in the super bowl as well there's one or two incidents where Pretty sure, you know, we, um, there was a couple of players where their head kind of, you know, their helmets bounced off the deck when they hit a swell. Um, I've seen some replays back, and I, I think, yes, one or two of them should have been taken out just for a little concussion check. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, you know, they, they don't want to take the sort of top players out of the biggest game in the world and the most viewed game uh, ever, uh, I think, probably in, in the Super Bowl or in, in NFL history. So, um yeah, their priorities are still wrong and they need to fix it and they're not going to at any point. So, yeah, that that's something that really needs worked on. 
It is indeed. Uh, now, there's a couple other things that happened in this Super Bowl that we should probably talk about. Travis Kelsey bumps into his head coach after, uh, I think oh. it was Pacheco. Pacheco fumbled, was it Pacheco? Fumbled near, down in the, deep in the, the red zone there. And Travis Kelsey oh. goes up to Andy Reid, yeah. screaming at him, bumps him, nearly knocks him. It looks like he nearly knocks him clean on his backside. Um, and I thought, that's just bang out of order. I know you're passionate. I know you're desperate to win this game. And nobody wants to see this. Now, Andy Reid said, um, uh, you know, he was just basically, he says, oh, he caught me off guard. He says, uh, but he was just screaming at me to give him the ball, get, you know, give me the ball and we'll score, blah, 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 whatever it was. And Travis Kelsey just laughed it off, but it looked, <laughs> it looked bad. I mean, uh-huh, really bad. you know, from a, from a PR point of view, that's a bad look for Travis Kelsey. Jake, what did you think of it? I mean, we all saw it. We were all sitting there when it happened and it just, it was a terrible look for Kelsey. Oh, I absolutely hate it at the time, but I think cool I had to prevail and, you know, when you're in the Super Bowl, absolutely at the kind of the, the peak of stress for players and coaches, emotions get the better of people. And Andy Reid's come out and said, you know, he, he gives his players kind of like a free reign to be like, I, he wants them to be expressive, wants them to kind of talk about the frustrations because how many times do you see players kind of on the, the sideline looking completely dejected or, you know, towel over their face or, you know, head in the hands. He, he wants his players to kind of express that that emotion, obviously there's ways to do it and that, that wasn't the right way to do it, but I think I can kind of give him a pass in terms of it's a Super Bowl, the, the absolute kind of pressure of the moment and at that point, as I mentioned earlier, he had one one catch for one yard. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been a generous one yard as well. Uh, and it's kind of hard to disagree because in the second half they got him the ball a lot more. Was that due to obviously the backup linebacker? I think that certainly has something to do yeah. with it. Uh, but he touched the ball a lot more, and uh, the Chiefs' offense certainly clicks a lot better when, when you know Mahomes is getting Kelsey the ball. It, they're pretty hard to stop, and we've said before. I don't know how he finds himself open in the middle of the field. The Forty Nineers did a great job of making sure that didn't happen for the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it 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 still boggles me how Kelsey gets wide open. I just, I don't get it. Like, how can you possibly leave this man open? Um, but with Greenlaw going out, I think they, they really took advantage of that. They really did. Dave, what's your thoughts on this, uh, the, the Travis Kelsey thing? There, uh, It's also on, on, like, you know, your reaction to what he did, and then, as Jake already said, it clearly worked, even though, like, we all disagree with what happened. You know, getting Kelsey the ball was a, a game-changer for the Chiefs in that second half there. It did, but it, you, you can't do that. You just cannot do that. You cannot assault an old man in public like that. Um, it's, you know, he's... How, how much does Kelsey weigh? Maybe 260, 265 more, most likely. And well, probably Andy Reid's probably maybe a, a little heavier, but that's not the point. So it's, I was going to say, you're really going to bring up his weight? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably not, um, not that far off each other. But look, you can't do that that it's it's a display of um it's just it's it's disrespectful uh because things aren't going your way uh that that's not a reason to do that uh especially to your head coach who 
he's what in his sixties, Andy Reid. Uh, it's probably late sixties, but. Kelsey should have been. We we said it at the time, and we said it even though he was performing really well. You can't do that. No one is bigger than the team. He needed benched. He needed benched, and I I'm still. I know he had a great game after that. Um, did it affect the play calling? Perhaps, probably, but um, you you can't. You just can't do that. You're not. Kelsey is not bigger than the Chiefs. And him making the demands in that way, fair enough. If you verbally go up to him and you say, look, uh, get me the ball. I can do this. Get me the ball. You don't go up. You shove him. You nearly shove him to the ground. You just don't do that. It's just, that that's shocking behavior. And I think we did say it at, at the time, he needs to be benched. He should have been benched, but he wasn't. Obviously, it worked out with hindsight. Do you, I mean, at that point, I, I was thinking they're rewarding that disrespectful, horrible behavior. So, you know, it, it worked, but I, I think there has to be some sort of repercussions for that because then what's stopping up everyone else doing exactly the same, not just to Andy Reid on the Chiefs, but to other uh, on other teams as well. See, I, I don't know if, because obviously we didn't see, like, essentially the, the immediate aftermath. I don't know if Kelsey went up and apologized. I don't know if at halftime, mm. maybe he did. Maybe he said to him at halftime, says, I'm really sorry, didn't mean it. I was just caught up in the moment, red mist and all that stuff. And I'm really sorry, it will never happen again. That could have happened. I don't know. Uh, but at the time, it just, it looked just absolutely awful. You're like, what are you yeah. doing? But as we say, you know, he then goes on catches, eight catches for 90 yards and really helps the Chiefs win that game. Um, now, unfortunately, gentlemen, we do have to talk about something else that happened uh, in the aftermath of the Super Bowl because a one person has died and 21 people were wounded in a shooting uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade. Uh, from BBC News, it says nine children were among the wounded. Um, although all are expected to recover, three suspects have been arrested by the police. Um, and you just... Listen, I know we don't live in America. I, I, I doubt if anyone in America even listens to this podcast i seriously doubt it uh, we do have we but, do have one i have one or two i well, think that well we, we may have, we may have, we we in, may have yeah. one i think one um <laughs> it's probably brian mcgrath but <laughs> this what is going on how many times do these shootings have to occur before something is done it just it absolute, and I know it doesn't directly affect me. I'm in Scotland. We we don't have, we haven't had a mass shooting in a long, long time. Um, hopefully, never will again. Um, and a lot of that is due to the very strict gun laws. And I don't see why this continues to happen in a country, and people still argue for. The not changing the laws, not changing the restrictions. And I don't want to say too much about it because I don't know everything about it. Um, Jake, very quickly, I don't know if you've got an opinion on this. It absolutely drives me wild when I see these reports happening. Now, we, we're highlighting this one because it happened at the Chiefs Parade. But this happens so often. I mean, what do you think, Jake? It does happen so often and so many times, and in this case, it involves children who have, you know, nothing to do with the matter. They just happen to be caught in the crossfire and 
I think 12 of the patients were, were children, 11 uh, were kids aged 6 to 15. Nine of them had been shot. Um, all the victims that they, they saw on the TV expected to, to recover. It's just... I saw something, you know... We're not. We don't live in America, and we don't deal with American politics. But I saw something that was uh, Bill Clinton banned assault weapons in 1994, and mass shootings dropped by 43 percent. And then George W. Bush let the assault weapons ban expire in 2004, and mass shootings increased by 245 percent. You can, you know, talk about you know your First Amendment or Second Amendment or whatever amendment is. The stats don't lie um, in terms of anywhere to do with guns. You know, America leads. By, by a mile, and the only way it will ever change is with, with gun laws, and, you know, I don't know if that'll ever happen in America, but how, how many kind of kids, adults, you know, is, is it, you know, a shame, I'm not kind of brushing that out, but how many kids have to suffer because parents and, you know, politicians and government officials won't see sense and won't do the right thing? And, and the thing is, Dave, I'll put it over to you, of course, I want to get your opinion on this, but mm-hmm. we, we had a mass shooting here. In Dunblane. Dunblane. Uh, in, in a school. Someone went into a school and killed a bunch of children and teachers. From that day onwards, they have been banned. Mm-hmm. Banned in this country. Um, concealed weapons, of course, are also banned. Um, handguns, I believe, are uh, only allowable with certain permits. Uh, in fact, all yeah, weapons. Yeah, yeah, all, all, all weapons. Are all guns. Permits, yeah. background checks. Even even your farmers who uh, quite often uh, shotgun licenses uh, for dealing with uh, pests, dealing with animals, you know, with crops and stuff like that. The, the background checks and permits that they have to go through is, is very rigorous. The same thing happened in Australia years ago. There was a mass shooting. They banned yep. all the guns. There's never been one since. It's not difficult to see what the the effect is when you eliminate one of the causes. And I know that it's not not just that. I know people argue, oh, you you can still get guns on the black market. You can still get guns illegally. Of course you can, but the fact that you can't just walk into you know, Marks and Spencers and buy one with ammo and walk out again without any background checks, I think is a big reason that we don't have this kind of thing here. Dave, what's your opinion on this? I mean, I think the last time I I saw something at the beginning of January uh, that said in 2023, there was approximately 627 mass shootings in America in 2023 alone. Right, so that's that's what two a day. It's yeah. exactly that's very close to two a day, um, and yet they think what that the right answer is to oh make sure our guns are in the right hands, and when you think guns are in the wrong hands, m- bring more guns to stop the bad guys. I mean, yeah, it's because of how the const- the constitution is thought of in America. Uh, I don't see any kind of ban coming into place anytime soon. Uh, there will be uproar about anything. The NRA has so much power, so much lobbying power uh, in all the sort of houses of government, in all the areas of government in America. It's not going to go away. It, 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 these, these things are not going to go away. Um, I think this year, 
uh, already there's been was it fifty odd, fifty odd mass shootings, and we're mid- halfway through February, so it's it's not it's not going away. Um, there there's children getting shot. There are, I mean, it, it, it's mindless shooting. It, it is absolutely mindless shooting, and they need to do something. It's not going. It's not going to change. That's that's a horrible, horrible thing. You know, they're saying. Oh, so someone's uh, has said online before. Uh, not once did my gun decide to go for a walk on its own and start shooting people. That's right, but at the same time, you're, there's so many guns that you cannot control the issue. You, there's, they've lost count of where so many guns are. All these gun shows that happen, get rid of the serial number. You can sell that gun on to anyone, absolutely anyone. It becomes an unidentifiable weapon. And they can go and shoot whoever they want, whoever and whatever. So, uh, I mean, we, we've we've been brought up different in this country um, because, like, you know, some people lived through um, the, um, the the shooting Dumbling. here. It was Dumbling, yeah. So some people lived through that shooting, including Andy Murray, who was attending the school uh, when, he, when it, that happened. Um, but me and Jake have grown up with a, what what I would say is a gunless society, uh, and we are absolute. We we have got sort of level heads on about this. That it should be common sense that guns should be at least scaled back. They won't be able to do a full scale ban at this point um, in time. It would take years and years and years, and probably a generation of opinion to change. But God, do something for the love of God. It's, the thing is, you're right. It's it's highly unlikely it will change, and yet it's so easy to change it. Just, just put a restriction in place. There you go. Yep. You're going to buy a gun? I need to do a background check on you. Well, here we can send our kids to school and not worry if we're going to see them at lunchtime because, you know, they might get shot up. And uh, to Dave's point, like I said, Bill Clinton put it in place to, to basically restrict guns and it went down and then, you know, there's a change of office. They let that expire and boom, we're back right where we started. So someone could right now, you know, Joe Biden could turn around right now and say, right, guns are banned, you know, it's an election year and a year that could be completely turned around. So it, it, it will never be fixed. But in this case, they were saying it wasn't an act of, of terrorism. Uh, it was basically a dispute between several people that ended in gunfire. So you're at a Super Bowl parade celebrating a whole year of hard work and dedication from these players, staff, there's women, children, you know, men, probably animals all there to celebrate, have a good time. And because you get into some sort of silly dispute, it's, you know, all of a sudden, let's bring out the guns. I mean, it's it's absolutely, you know, you see with football or, or soccer, as the Americans would call it, you know, the World Cup or something, and the Brits, mainly the, the English, you know, they have a few drinks and it ends up in fisticuffs and, you know, a few tables were, were, were thrown and then maybe a bit yeah, of mess. And everyone's like, oh, that, that's disgraceful. And, yeah. yeah, that's Sh- disgraceful. It's terrible. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, someone maybe lost a tooth, you know, someone spent a night in jail and you know they'll all wake up feeling a bit ashamed of themselves and probably a message from someone at work or their missus being like i saw you on tv again you idiot but you know <laughs> that i would much rather that be like oh no i got a black eye and you know a bit of a hurt ego than okay 23 people have been shot when we're trying to celebrate you know a, a great day it was supposed to be a great day and these super bowl parades uh, as of late before this have brought out some great kind of memories and clips of players maybe having a, 
a bit too much fun because you know all season they've been so disciplined and they've reached their end goal. It, sh- it should be a day of fun and, and happiness, and that's why you know children are, are there because they're there to see you know their favorite player. They're there to see Travis Kelsey who's dating their favorite singer. You know, it's it's supposed to be a a good memory. And now you've you know one person has died and you've ruined the, the lives of many people because you know twenty three people have been hurt, multiple you know hundreds if not thousands have been witnesses to this. You've completely altered people's lives. What, for a dispute? I mean, grow up. 18,000 gun deaths in 2023 in America. 18,854. And and here's the thing, right? So, when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, right? And, you know, I hate to say that, but they did. Okay, now we're we're going to, we're we're trying to take this away from how how awful this situation is. Not trying Mm -hmm. to make light of it at all. But we we saw the the Super Bowl parade in Tampa Bay. There was Tom Brady giggling at, like a child, throwing the Lombardi Trophy from one boat to another, and everyone's like, "God, what if it falls in the water?" All the people who attended that parade will remember that day as a great day, a wonderful day. Every oh, we won the Super Bowl and everyone had fun. It was great. It was wonderful. Everyone who was at this parade not going to think that. They're going to think, oh my God, that was absolutely terrifying. There was bullets flying and people were getting shot. That's it. There you go. That's all they're going to think about it. And it just, it. Uh, I'm sorry. And I know we, as I say, we don't live in America. It, this type of thing, thankfully, doesn't affect us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, uh, we, we had to mention it. And uh, apologies to anyone who didn't appreciate us mentioning this. But it's something we felt we sort of had to get off our chests. Um, bringing it back, gentlemen, the 2023 slash 2024 season is over. It's done with. All mm. of our random stats that we had, they, they all belong to last year now. That's it. All of Jake's hot takes that he had in the off season, they're gone. All of you and McPhail's draft day fails. They're, they're, they're done with Thankfully. everything. All done. It's over. We need to look to the future. That's what we need to do. But, do, but do you know how we do that, though? Do you know how we do that? How do we do that? What's next week? Next week will be episode 100. Next and week. from yes. three digits. Yes. Yeah, three ne- digits. We start on you. Yeah, so technically... Next week is the last episode of this year for us because we're mm. going to take a small break. We're going to episode 100. We're going to take a couple of weeks off. Um, so we're looking forward to that. So technically next week is our, la- our last podcast of this season. But it's random stats time. Random stats. Oh, yes, it is. We're going to do random stats. My random stat has been nominated. My random stat oh. was nominated by one of our, uh, one of our listeners. Uh, Lauren Callahan, who incidentally, I, I think was, uh, I think he's one of our competition winners. Remember he said, I, think so. I be- believe yeah. he was, and I think it was the, the trading cards that he won. Um, so his, his random stat is this Brock Purdy, sorry, Dave, is one of eight quarterbacks to reach the Super Bowl in his second year. Okay. Eight hmm. of them. Unfortunately for him. He joins Dan Marino, Colin Kaepernick, and Joe Burrow 
as those who didn't win. And to date, none of those players have ever returned to play in a Super Bowl. We say to date because obviously Joe Burrow's still in the league. Maybe he'll make one, maybe not. The four quarterbacks who won a Super Bowl in the second year in the league are Tom Brady, Kurt Warner, Ben Roethlisberger, and Russell Wilson. And all four of those quarterbacks went to at least one more Super Bowl in their careers. Uh, that is, I was going to say my random stat. That's actually Lorne Callahan's random stat that was nominated. So thanks for that, Lorne. Uh, what do we think of that? Jake, what do you reckon? I'm hoping uh, it's a random stat that, you know, we have some random stats that will never be broken. I'm hoping that one will be, whether it's Brock Purdy or Joe Burrow. Both pretty likable guys on yeah. a pretty good team. So hopefully we can buck the trend. Yes. That's a great stat. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, Dave, would you like to give us your random stat? Yeah, of course I would. Uh, my, mine is more a random story, and it's going to bring, it's it's going to make us look at the draft because that is going to be our next big event within the league. Um, so I would like to nominate this year's draft as the best named group of prospects coming out of the NFL draft. I'm going to give you a rundown. And we're going to find out what our favourites are. So starting off, cornerback out of Louisville, Storm Duck. <laughs> Storm <laughs> Duck, that's a fantastic name. That's a good one. Yeah. And uh, f- uh, from, I think it's Rice, you've got Mobility. Oh, behave yourself. <laughs> He's on <laughs> Pip. He's <laughs> on <laughs> <laughs> oh, has he got a wow. scooter? Has he got <laughs> no, but yeah, he's got a scooter. He's well, I, I, I mean, I hope not because he's a cornerback that's that's expected to do. I think he has declared for the draft. Uh, one of the better ones, uh, a defensive back out of Central Arkansas, dude person, dude person, <laughs> dude person. It's fantastic. Um, you've got uh, out of FIU, tight end, rowdy beers. I think that's a fantastic one. Now, one that I had to double and triple check is coming up now. And he's, he's out of the University of Texas at San Antonio. He's a linebacker, and his name is Pig Cage. But it is not Pig Cage. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, probably one of my absolute favorite ones is a defense, uh, an offense lineman, sorry, from the Ohio Bobcats. Parker Titsworth. <laughs> That's one of the best ones. Uh, some of the most inventive ones. Uh, of Louisiana Tech. Uh, wide receiver. The coldest Crawford. The coldest? The coldest. <laughs> now, just, just in case you thought that wasn't uh, unique in itself, he signed a deal, a marketing deal, with an air conditioning company. So <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> uh, I've got two, two more as well. Uh, Derealist Clark, who is a wide receiver out of Defiance College. So that's Derealist. Oh, Clark. if only his second name had been McCoy. He'd have been Derealist oh, McCoy. <laughs> Derealist McCoy. Be brilliant. Uh, and one of the most highly touted draft prospects as well that I spoke about on uh, Super Bowl night, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, Alabama yes, cornerback. Kool-Aid McKinstry. 
but I've saved the best till last. Oklahoma quarterback. You've heard of the tush push? Now get ready for General Booty because General Booty is entering into the draft out of Oklahoma and that is my favourite out of them all. So despite, you know, having Pig Cage at the University of Texas at San Antonio, you've got Dude Person, but General Booty takes the cake. <laughs> that, that's absolutely brilliant. Dude Person. I, I, it's like, I mean, it's like, I, I can't even think of a name for this guy. It's just a guy. He's just a person. It's just a dude. Oh, dude. That, oh, yeah. I'll call him that dude person. Yeah. 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 And just, just if you want to look him up, uh, it's of central Arkansas. He's a defensive back. Fantastic. I had to look up every single one of these people to make sure no one was screwing with me. <laughs> I, I, ha- I have to, I have to admit, General Booty is my favorite. Uh, quarterback. General Booty. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, between between him, you've got Rowdy Beers, uh, <laughs> Rowdy Beers, who's a tight end in Florida. Have you ever heard of a more appropriate wow, name? Floridian <laughs> name right there. Yeah, FIU Panthers right there. Um, but, you know, uh, and also Storm Duck, uh, Louisville. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you're thinking guys like, like in the NFL just now who've got great names. I mean, Randy Bullock. I mean, mm. that's just a great name. Randy Bullock is a wonderful Smoke Monday. Do you remember Smoke Monday? I yes. do. I do. Uh, Smoke Monday is much better name than Sauce Gardner. It, it just is. Smoke Monday. It, does, it, it doesn't beat Parker Titsworth, though. Parker t- <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it doesn't. Uh, thank you, Dave, for, for a bit of levity in this week's show. I really appreciate You're that. You're very welcome. <laughs> Uh, Jake McGee, why don't you uh, finish off with your random stat for us? Absolutely. And I, I've been feeling very positive about the Saints recently. We went to Kubiak. We're, we're expected to hire Derek Foster as a running backs coach. He was the, the Chargers kind of running back coach whilst Austin Eckler was setting all these records. It's been a lot of good feelings about the Saints recently. So I thought I had to bring myself back down to earth. Couldn't get too excited. So my random stat is about Derek Carr. Uh, and Derek Carr could become the first quarterback to lose to all 32 teams. The record is currently <laughs> at 30. Carr is already there. Oh, oh. There are nine quarterbacks who are there with him. They are all retired, though. The two teams that he has yet to lose to are the Panthers, who we happen to play twice a year. Thankfully for him, the Panthers suck. Uh, <laughs> and the first game against his former team... The Raiders. The Saints play both of them next season. Uh, with the record at 30, even one loss next year against either of those teams would make him the quarterback to lose to the most teams. And losing both would put him alone as the one to lose every team, uh, or against every team in the NFL. A stat that nobody wants, but you never know. He could be on the, the wrong side of history. Um, like I say, we've got to play the Panthers twice, so... Got to dodge that bullet twice and then got to go and play the Raiders. So, Christian, keep your eye out for that. And, yeah, I just kind of had to, you know, it's been feeling too positive on Saints Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everyone's kind of feeling hopeful with this offense. And, you know, we're minus 86 million in cap, which I think is probably the best we've been in years. You know, I ain't worried about that. Well, like I say, who knows if we'll lose Marshawn Latter or... Uh, Michael Thomas, which will be obviously big losses, but yeah, I thought really bring it back to, to earth for the Saints fans. 
<laughs> Goodness. <laughs> it's like I can feel the pain from over here. Um, I mean, that's... I Listen, if he does it, if he loses to the Raiders and loses to the Panthers, at least he has the distinction of being part of a WinFL show random stat. That's, that's hey listen that list's pretty short he's appeared it's, in probably a couple at this point he maybe has i couldn't tell you <laughs> yeah, patrick will know I, if I, he has I, or not <laughs> yeah I, I don't think he's appeared in any positive ones in fairness to, to him but uh i i do have i, I want to say one more just oh, I want to say, so, because it's episode 99 just, just before you do dave just before you do mm. uh, a bonus random stat and because i love a bonus random stat of course uh, yeah. but um i should point out jake that you know even if he's if Derek has mediocre next year you know then he's probably still better value for money than deshaun watson so you got that going yeah could be worse, could be a could lot be worse. worse. I my quarterback might not be likable but at least he's not a terrible <laughs> human being you know uh, yeah and he could also win the division with like a seven and ten record so we'll see <laughs> that, that is that that is that what's what's your bonus oh. random stat dave go for it well uh, Obviously, since uh, I do always have have to bring two to the table because a couple times we've had du- either, maybe not duplicate ones, but I've come up with one that I've already said because my memory is like a sieve. Uh, so I thought one that would bring a smile. Uh, so this year we always talk about the amount uh, of money uh, companies have to to buy or they have to use to buy a thirty second Super Bowl uh, commercial. So this year was $7 million for a 30-second Super Bowl commercial. And nobody has paid that much for 30 seconds since the Jets signed Aaron Rodgers this year. So (laughs) 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 that that was a great set right there. But uh, yeah, so $7 million for uh, a 30-second Super Bowl ad and... Even more for 30 seconds for Aaron Rodgers. So way to go the Jets for actually coming top of something this year. Just just on that note, we watched the... the I can't even think the broadcast. I was trying to think of the right word. Yeah. We watched the broadcast. Yeah, the Amer- American broadcast. With the American commercials. Mm. <laughs> that presidential one. <laughs> for, oh, my God. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Kennedy Jr., that was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I just point- apologized. No wonder it was garbage. <laughs> uh, but yeah. but it was it was like one of the weirdest things to the point because I I know we, all three of us were sitting there you know and it's playing and you could tell it was weird because the three of us just sort of sat there in silence for twenty just, seconds, yeah, just like, kind of <laughs> looked at each other like, what? just looking at each other, going, "What is going on? How much have we had to drink?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you got about half a bottle of Disarono. That's how much you had. Uh, but it, it was just bizarre. So has he has he apologized for that? Yeah, I think he has come out and apologized. Did for he it. just come out and um, say, I'm sorry, that was a really crap commercial? Uh, that's what you should have done. I, I mean, uh, there's a lot. It kind of, I think at some point, uh, uh, JFK rolling in grave was uh, t- tw- uh, tw- I was going to say trending on Twitter, but it's trending on X on trending Twix. Trending on Twix, now. yeah. <laughs> trending on Twix. So, uh, yeah, I think there was a lot of outrage about that. But uh, people, I think, li- like us, they were just in complete disbelief about it. So he has come out and apologised. So, uh, it, it, I mean, it wouldn't be... If, if he, for some reason, did get elected and was the next president of the United States in, uh, <laughs> listen, 20- in if, if, at the end of this year... Listen, if I'm just, not a betting man, right? But... If he gets elected after that commercial, <laughs> good grief. 
That's I mean, just got, ridiculous. You had what Trump uh, up until 2020. You've got uh, Sleepy Biden up until 2024, and then Bobby Kennedy kind of just on. It's 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 just it's ridiculous. I mean, they they some of them almost make Boris look normal. So uh, yeah, that, that's a, <laughs> I mean, that's a on, tough task. Steady itself, on, Dave. So. That's, that's a, <laughs> no, I don't don't think so. Uh, anyway, no, no, no. gentlemen, did, did we miss anything out in this week's podcast? Don't, don't think, think so. we did. Did we actually cover everything? Nothing we can't fix. Yeah, oh, exactly. Big shout out Pete Carmichael. He's got Pete Carmichael has a new job. Uh, <laughs> so he does. And so. as I said last week, uh, or the week before, whenever uh, we talked about Pete Carmichael, I think he will do fine. He will do great things. And he's back where he belongs with Sean Payton in the background. Mm-hmm. He'd never wanted the offensive coordinator job. He It was thrust upon him. I, you know, I was not uh, generous in terms of my my comments on Pete Carmichael, and, and Saints fans weren't either. But it was never a case of, you know, we we all thanked him for what he did before. Then he didn't want the job, we didn't want him to have the job. In the end, a split was for the best. But I don't think it's you know people making out you know people like Dave trying to stir the pot, making out like Pete Carmichael some imbecile. He is a great offensive mind, and he will do good things for the Broncos. D- Dave trying to stir I, the pot. I, what? Never. You, Surely that's say, never happened before. <laughs> I would say you would. Yeah, there is no evidence for these accusations. But we have ninety nine episodes now of, of potential court appearances for any yeah. accusations. So, Dave, you're going yeah. down if this goes to court. I'm telling you. Oh, <laughs> it was, it was hell's going to be hot. <laughs> it's going to need my sun cream to bring with me. Right, gentlemen, uh, I think that'll do us. So thank you very much for uh, joining us on the Winifair Sword for our 99th episode. I say next week is our 100th extravaganza. We've got some uh, special guests lined up for that. Uh, keep an eye on Twix uh, to find out who that's going to be. Um, and thanks once again, everyone, for listening. Dave, thank you very much for stopping by. Always a pleasure. Jake, thank you for stopping by. Anytime, and I'm looking forward to next week. Yes, indeed. And we will see you on next week's edition of The NFL Show.